Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of We Need to Talk with your hostess, Pariah Sinclair. I am so excited to be sharing this podcast with each and every one of you. On this podcast, I'll be talking to a Baltimore queer icon every single week. We will get to know them better, they will share their story, and most importantly, we will talk some shit. So, I want to tell you why I started this podcast. I wanted to create a podcast, one, for everyone you know that knows me or have seen me um, perform or knows me on social media, for you all to get to know me better, for you to know like, really my thoughts on, you know, what's happening in the world, um, you know, get to know like how I became a drag queen, to know me be- behind the persona, and also I want to sh- shed a spotlight on people that I think are amazing and that are doing some great work in Baltimore. So I'll be talking to other drag performers, I'll be talking to artists, I'll be talking to activists, people in the political spectrum, just so that you can know about the work they are doing in the, in the Baltimore queer community. So if you are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're streaming your podcast, please like it, leave a comment, share it, do whatever you have to do so we can get this to as many people as possible. Please follow me, Pariah Sinclair, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Pariah Sinclair. Also, I have a website, PariahSinclair.com. Um, there you can follow the gigs, you can tip me, um, you can book me for a private event, whatever you have to do. So yeah, please enjoy this podcast. And yeah, goodbye. We need to talk. 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 Hello, 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 everyone. This is the first episode of We Need to Talk with your hostess for the leastest, Miss Pariah Sinclair. On this weekly podcast, I will be joined by a special guest every week. They are going to be a notable queer person in Baltimore, Maryland, and beyond. And we're just going to talk to them, hear their stories, and most importantly, talk some shit. So my first guest, honestly, I could not have thought of anyone to have as my first guest other than my drag mother, she is the founder of House of Death Glam. She is, how do I describe her? A streetwalker, the slayer of twinks. Please give it up for Miss Tara Newhall Jesus. All of that. How are we doing? <laughs> What's going on, baby? What's going on? I'm alive. <laughs> I'm glad you yes. uh you uh you tried to get me sick, baby, but it didn't happen. I rebuked <laughs> it in the name, honey. Yes, for y'all that don't know, the Rona got me. Miss Rona, she she found her way and she got me, girl. She got me, gal. That's what happens when uh you know you you lick in the uh the seat of every every. <laughs> <laughs> the public seat of every single person that sits in it, honey. Hey, that was one time. <laughs> is that Jesus. the, time? That was one that the time, time you got crabs, baby? In one bar stool. <laughs> Jesus. 
Girl, and look, and look, you got the Rona as a result. I got it, yes. But yeah, everyone that's listening, luckily it is mild. It was mild. Um, yeah, I've been quarantined for about nine, ten days now. Thank that, you. We appreciate that. Yes. What, what date are we? This is Sunday. We are recording on Sunday, November 22nd. Mm. And I am getting retested this evening. So hopefully cross our fingers. The Rona is out of my body. Yes, we hope we hope it is out of your body and you are uh, restored. Please, because <laughs> girl, be, I live in a one bedroom apartment, y'all. And I have literally not left this building in 10 days. It has been me, been me and these four walls and my cat for like 10 but, days. But the real question is, did you clean? I did clean, but you haven't. No, I really haven't. I just started my vacation just started today. <laughs> I'm on vacation for two weeks, honey. Girl, I'm so ready to sit down and not do a damn thing for like one day. That's today. <laughs> Besides talking to your ass. Uh, so obviously this is the audio medium, but for those that want to um, know what, what I'm looking at right now on Zoom, it is the gay version of Hoarders. Um, there is a lot of wigs. Um, just a lot of crap, and there's a bunny, and there is a, um, a, a big version of Bart Simpson on a bookshelf. Um, I wish I could make this shit up, but yeah, it. I, uh, there's a lot of things that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> so, Miss Tara, how are we doing? How is everything? I'm wonderful, honey. I haven't. I don't know when I've ever felt better. <laughs> I mean, girl, I'm, I'm for real. That's I'm amazing. thriving. I love it. I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you. You're thriving. thriving. How are we thriving? Describe. Um, describe the thriveness. Well, my job is going really great, and uh, my personal life, my family is healthy, and we're happy, and you know, stable and secure, and you know, we're doing, doing our things. So I feel like I'm thriving. The world is falling apart, but I'm doing great. <laughs> Ain't that it? That, okay. that has been me this whole pandemic. I'm like, For real. The world is falling around me, but I'm doing well. I'm just like, oh, that's a beautiful garden they have there. You know, <laughs> like, yes. I'm just, I'm chilling. I have live plants in my house for the first time, like, ever. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, I bought. I, uh, Trey said I need to bring in some plants to um, take out the smog in here. She said we're like 1987 level of smog in this house. Yes, for those that don't know, Tara smokes three packs of Newports a day, plus five blunts. So it is <laughs> like a motherfucking um, downtown New York City in his in his fucking home. It, it, it's like a good. Um, I just like, wanted to feel like Taxi Cab Confessions. In here. It's very that. It's <laughs> it's like um, a foggy morning in like in February. That's very what your what your house gives me. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. That's really the ambiance we're trying to give. <laughs> so, Miss Tara, let's tell the people listening. How did we become mother and daughter? What was it? Two years ago, I crawled out of your big wide I don't vagina. Even, I don't even know how I got pregnant with your ass. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> like, I, bitch, I don't even know when I met you. I just remember these eyebrows coming and attacking me every time I went somewhere. I was like, who is this string bean of a fella with these eyebrows? Girl? Not a fella. <laughs> a dude. Who is this guy running around here with these eyebrows on? Girl, I wanted to take you to go see Sabina so bad. How dare you? <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I've been doing drag for years, and we we met like early into me doing drag. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just bopping around at, at the gigs and stuff. And we well, see- when I first came here, I didn't know anybody. Yes. And so uh I just kind of stalked the weirdos. And I would, um, you know, show. I sh- I found out that uh, there was a little competition, a fr- uh, like a little weirdo competition that all the kids were going to at the depot. Yes. All right. I mean, is, is, is it still open? That's a good question. You know what? Nothing's open on pandemic. Just, I know. Uh, let's just assume everything is. Yes. Closed. Well, R.I.P. The R.I.P. R.I.P. to America, girl. R.I.P. Uh, the to world the is depot. closed. But yes, um, yeah, so that was a while ago. Uh, I don't want to think about it. But yes, I, when I started drag. <laughs> that place I, was awful. <laughs> uh, so yeah, when I started drag, I, just, I did competitions at the depot. That's kind of how all the new girls got in, is that we did, um, call, it was called Dragomania, basically just a lip sync for your life competition. Um, so I did that. And then after that, we did like a kind of like a drag wars type of thing. And it, it didn't even finish. That show, that, that competition didn't even finish. I don't even know. I never watched y'all. I just Good. showed up. I got a couple of vodkas, went and had a uh, some cigarettes and conversations in the street, you know. Yes. If, if anyone knows Miss Tara Newell Jesus and has seen her, 90% of a drag show, she's outside smoking a cigarette. Not even watching the show, just talking shit and yelling at people on the street. You know, I'm just, I can't stand to look at y'all anymore. <laughs> Relatable content. <laughs> I can't stand y'all. But, you know, I come out, I'll spend a couple dollars and uh, yell at the Republicans. <laughs> yes, that is that is Tara Newhall at a drag show in a nutshell. That's where I live. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I showed up. I think I was pushing Sexha around in a wheelchair one night. Yeah. Uh, and it was before, I'm, you know, I don't know. I met you a long time ago. Uh, we even bopped around in D.C. a few times. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we met. I think one of the first times we actually had like, a conversation mm. was at Trade in um, in D.C. for Gay Bash. Mm. And I, I mean... We pro- were we performing there, or were we just no, showed up? You were just there. I was not in drag that night. Right? No, you no, you were John. You were Jonathan. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and then you uh, messaged me later um, on Facebook, and then we we had a good. Um, then we were talking, and then you wanted to meet with me to talk about you know some opportunities and stuff. Mm. We met at IKEA. We had a lovely. <laughs> we, we had a lovely lunch. IKEA. Um, uh-huh. At the food court in IKEA, which. <laughs> If y'all don't know, Ikea has the best food. The best what did, meatballs. What did you have? You had probably, meatballs. Probably the meatballs. <laughs> mashed potatoes. And mashed potatoes and gravy. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but yeah, and then we were just, yeah, just, just discussing stuff. And she was saying all these things. that Because Tara, um, obviously you can explain it better, but you have a lot of years in nightlife, a lot of years in clubbing and, you know, being a club kid. 
So you kind of well, wanted to. Well, you know, I bet, I bet around for a while. Tara has been around. So basically, she wanted to bring what she knows to Baltimore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really thought that there was a an opportunity here in Baltimore. And, you know, I have... Um, I have the resources to be able to, you know, find some things if, if we want, you know, to make some things go down and, um, you know, it was a lot more difficult because the spaces aren't really here to have the people, um, to, and to create like, kind of, you know, I'm really reminiscent of, uh, like the early, uh, 2000s and the late 90s mid 90s like dance nightlife and going out and you know I was really into industrial and clubbing and being a club kid and a weirdo so we we had a lot of fun for a lot of years and partied but it was really hard to implement a nightlife here when there's only really two places to host it (laughs) hello yes so I definitely what what you presented to me ultimately (laughs) What the original vision didn't really happen because you wanted to do warehouse parties. Yeah, and that just wasn't going to be able yes, to happen here. Now, some people have done some really cool stuff oh, since, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought to do that at that place or, you know, even known it was available. Um, but, you know, I think we've gotten really creative with what is available and made some new opportunities in places in, in different weird opportunities here. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. So, that y'all that don't know, and we, we did a golf brunch, which was amazing. Mm, that um, was interesting. So, that was an Ellen DeGenerate yes. uh, kind of, like, installation that she did for a long, many years. Yes. And if, if y'all don't know, Ellen DeGenerate is just kind of, like, a, just a party-themed drag person mm-hmm. um, that's really... Uh, affectionate of the arts and they they kind of come up with these pop-ups and that's really what what I w- came from you know pop-up yes. parties and uh you know we just used to party all the time and make wherever we were a party in a situation and uh you know or an art show or a fashion show or a photo shoot or whatever you know yeah. and it was legit and um so you know, I was, I was really down with that. And so, uh, Saksha got invited to do, um, do the, a goth brunch revamp one, uh, one Sunday, a few years back. And I guess Ellen had been living in Mexico mm-hmm. and came back and, uh, you know, I said, this is a great show. Let's keep up this collaboration with, you know, and make it happen. She's like, oh, well, I'm going back to Mexico. I was like, well, you know, I looked at Donna and you want to party again next month? She's like, hell yeah. So, you know, we just kept it up. It was great. So y'all did um, Goth Brunch at Rock of the Venus. Mm. Um, I was a cast member, like, I think like three or four months into that. Now, um, don't get me wrong, House of Duff Glam existed before oh, I was here in Baltimore. You know, yes. Stacha and the first iteration of House of Duff Glam was its own. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say founder. I want to re- re- 
I was wrong about that, but you were kind of. I don't like, know. I just remommed it. Yeah, you I would know? say yeah. You weren't the founder, but you were like you re, you got it together. Yeah, you yeah. know, in 2017, uh, I, I guess I started following the scene in 2016. Like mm-hmm. once my career at Hopkins kind of settled down, and I was you know a little more stable, and I met uh, Section Statue. And um, we just kind of started, you know, talking and section didn't, or Stacha didn't trust me. She's like, what do you want? Why are you here? Why are you uh, wanting to be a part of the, you know, mm-hmm. we're weird, we're gross. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, I want to see how we could make this better and bigger and more and, you know, organize it and, you know, try to make make fun out of it. And she's like, yeah, I'm down with that. And then she quit on me a couple of weeks later. Yes. For, for y'all, y'all don't know, STR, formerly statutory rape, but yes, Miss STR, um, yeah, she was the founder of House of Death Glam, and <laughs> and then Tara took it over, and we... You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I wish I would have quit with her at the <laughs> time. Be- well, because, you know, her whole position was you know it's really a petty place you know drag in general and I agree with her it's really mm-hmm. a petty place to be and I I don't really consider myself uh what drag has become yeah you know I am a drag queen just because I am a freak who dresses up and runs around and yells at people on a blow horn you know and, <laughs> yeah and I realize you know that that's just what I do. And uh, I I enjoy doing that. And I enjoy interacting with people. But the uh, there's a lot of uh, disconnect in the community. And that that is is really difficult to, to, to manage sometimes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely be, being a drag queen or drag performer. Um, it's hard, especially in a smaller city where, you know, there really aren't those systems, you know, we don't really, drag bars aren't a thing, Um, you know, there's not really a, I would say, I mean, there's a way to come up, but there isn't like a a, a proper way, you know, like other cities where you have competition, open, like, you know, open stages, competitions, pageant, like, like those things that other, like, bigger cities have. Yeah. So, and, you know, I've never really been in that, uh, sector of drag you know yeah. i don't really understand that camaraderie or you know system if you will yeah and uh because it's it's really um kind of exclusive and uh i just i'm like well anybody who wants to press the bounds of uh you know gender and expression in a performative manner that is bigger than themselves is technically drag and it's a political statement by nature a hundred percent and you know i I think a lot of what drag has become is the popularized culture of it versus you know some of the you know the activism and uh actual community building that it has been in the past Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's really where I try to thrive in our, you know, 
relationship and each one of the relationships I have with my kids. Mm. So, uh, you know, I don't really concern myself anymore with the, the workings of the queer community. I'm just here and living and, you know, working my life. Uh, and I think that's why you you you, you fit well in, in the Baltimore scene because you are very a do-it-yourself person. Mm. And that's what I think if you want to do well in Baltimore, whatever art, you know, whatever art you want to do in Baltimore, it's very DIY, do it yourself. Baltimore so, is the DIY. Yeah, it is you DIY. Know, there so, is no, not a really great system here. There's a bunch of DIY systems that yes. people have made happen. Yeah, uh, including, and, including ourselves. Including we, ourselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've definitely, um, yeah, I think going back to our relationship, like, it started as kind of like a friendship, a mentorship. And then I think we just realized, yeah, we're, 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 we're mother and daughter. Yeah. Basically, you know, we can, we can help each other in a lot of ways and we do. And I, you know, I do cherish your, uh, your friendship. Uh, and the, I try to help you as much as you help me in the world. And you really do, you know, you're always like, Oh, you want to wash that wig? And I'm like, no, not really. Do you want to watch that? No. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so two things. The, what y'all just heard is the nicest thing that Tara will probably say to me ever. <laughs> yeah, that's your one. That's your whole Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then two. When I started drag, I used to give Tara all my dusty, crusty wigs. <laughs> the crustiest. And I, I was like, throw them away. I was like, do something. I just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Do something with this, please. But I, I actually currently have one and a half crusty wigs. Pariah, <laughs> right? Yes, now. I actually have, yeah. So I did give you a wig recently because I want to do an Amy Winehouse, you know, illusion. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I am the only Amy Winehouse yes. still alive. So in a, in a past lifetime, Miss Tara Newhold Jesus was Amy Winehouse on the sun on um, the Las Vegas, Vegas Boulevard. Las Vegas. Yeah, tell us about that. What, what was that like? You know, Las Vegas Boulevard was a lot of things. Um. You know, I was I was kind of done with Dallas and uh, trying to just retool my world and my life. And I love the desert. And, um, you know, my best friend used to live in Phoenix. So I would go to Phoenix every year several times. So, you know, Vegas seemed right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Vegas is a sink or swim city. And. Uh, I didn't really have much of anything. Uh, I had 400 bucks in my pocket and we lived in a, and one of the weekly hotels, the first night we got there, there was like gunshots and then a helicopter flying over. I was like, Oh my God, here we are. (laughs) Las Vegas. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I started selling wigs on the strip to tourists and uh, you know, I, I went out and, made dollar bills as Amy Winehouse or Peg Bundy, you know, pick your <laughs> poison, whether we were in black hair or red hair. Hello. You know? Same thing. Same thing. So, uh, you know, we had a good time. I got a fight with Michael Jackson <laughs> in front of, 
<laughs> in front of um, Hard Rock. <laughs> and uh, Superman and Chucky uh, came to my defense. <laughs> he wanted me to get off of his star. And I was like, this is prime real estate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot to unpack. Um, yeah, so I, I will definitely have to get you back on here to discuss your life because if anyone knows, Tara has had a very, very interesting life. We've she, been around. She has been 20 different people. She has had 40, 40 different careers. At least. <laughs> yes, yes. That I can remember. That you can remember. Yeah. So, um, but or yeah. I'm at liberty to talk about. Oh, well, definitely. <laughs> so we actually have a topic to this podcast. We do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, great... but, but this is what happens when me and Tara talk. We go That's on so it. many. We just shoot the shit. We shoot the shit. We go on so many tangents. But yeah, so. You know, speaking of 20 different uh, people. In hello. One... <laughs> speaking of 20 different people, we're going to talk about mental illness and therapy. <laughs> Something that we know a lot about. A lot about. I've had a lot. I've had a myriad of relationships with <laughs> mental, uh, with therapists, to be specific. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, I I think it's the key. I think mental health is the key to just living your best life. Honestly, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I definitely want to like. Um, when I was thinking of the conception of this podcast, I wanted to, you know, talk about stuff that, that I am passionate about and that let's do it and then need to be, have a more open conversation. So one of those things is therapy. I'm very passionate about therapy. I think everyone should at least try to access therapy. I know it is not the most accessible thing, but I think definitely it has become more accessible Absolutely. I mean, you know, you think about how like therapy actually is, or well, mental health is where like misdiagnoses start, mm -hmm. right? Everything that the doctors don't know, you have these symptoms, you have these problems, you have these things going on. And the very first thing that they go to is mental health, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't know what's wrong with you, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, I think uh, that's really kind of kind of backwards, you know, but actually, I think it's really important to actually figure out the uh, the psychological and physical relationships with your body and your mind. Oh, yeah, because they're definitely, they're, it's, they're the one and the same, you know, if, if you are mentally, a lot of, you know, mental illness and you, you know, re results in physical um, illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for lack of a better term. So it's definitely all one and the same. If you're like mentally healthy, you know, it definitely impacts your physical health. So it's all a whole, it's a whole um, circle. It is a cycle. And yeah. the, you know, what's, what's crazy is, you know, once you're able to realize that a majority of your thought processes, um, the thought processes that you can't control, the automatic thoughts, mm -hmm. right? 
uh, once you start to really create behaviors around those, uh, you can really kind of retool your body and your brain and how they work together Definitely. to support the lifestyle you want to live. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I definitely think, you know, but it's definitely a process to, to get to that. And I think um, therapy is a good, it's a good building block for that. Um, mm. Definitely. So for me, I'll start. Um, I've been in therapy since I was in middle school. So like 10 or 11 years old. Well, yeah, something like that. 11, 12. Because um, I was bullied in, in middle school. You know, can, can you guess why, Tara? Why were you bullied? Tell me. Because I'm a big old faggot. That's why. Who want to bully my baby? I know. But yeah, so it was one of those things, obviously, where, you know, people saw that I was feminine and it kind of jumped on that. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of... It's interesting that a majority of people, um, they're, you know, early on, a lot of queer people specifically, I just, I can't believe how many heterosexual people are just either intolerant mm-hmm. of femininity mm-hmm. or just like completely uneducated about uh, gender issues or, mm-hmm. or sexuality. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. I mean, that this is a whole other conversation, but, the, but to to briefly talk about it, yeah, that's what it's, it's not about being gay. It's about being feminine. Yeah. It's yeah. So. Yes. Well, it's not necessarily even being feminine. It's the lack of masculinity. Yes. Yeah. It's the lack of manhood. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, and that's how in that inferior yeah. and uh, that's how the inferiority works, right? Of yes. the patriarchy. So. You know, that's that's how they want to classify people, and that's how they can separate a better and a worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, what I have to do for myself, right, is just remember that there is something going on there, and then people ain't right. You know? <laughs> now, if you're going to come at me, I, you know, uh, come at me. But uh, And we've had to deal with that in our lives, you know? I didn't realize how much trauma in my life resulted just from, you know, the formative years of, of just how people perceived me and treated me. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like kind of what the, you know, the basis of, you know, like talk therapy is, is just like, you know, kind of making sense of your, of your younger years and making Mm. sense of like your family life. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think like, yeah, so I started therapy when I was like 11 or 12, but like me, like, you know, cause in quarantine in this whole pandemic, I've done a lot of like um, retrospection and I feel like therapy didn't really start working for me mm. until, until I was like in college. That's when it really, Why, what was the change? Because I was going to therapy consistently and I uh-huh. but also I was going to therapy consistently I wasn't just going when I felt sad uh-huh. you know I uh-huh. was I was working through the issues and then I continued to go how do you view your relationship with your therapist my current therapist yeah or all, any of them um I feel like I've, I've had like a lot of different types of relationships with my therapists um mm. I, so the, I'll say the ones that were really good, it was like, it was definitely like a mentorship. Um, 
I guess like I was like learning some, I was learning things. It was definitely like, and it was a calmness and it was definitely like a safe space. Mm. Definitely. Um, but when, but I've had a lot of bad therapists where they would talk about themselves too much, mm-hmm. talk about their patients to me. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, it was, a, it's my, my seeing therapists have, have been a journey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think like it takes a while, one to find the right therapist, but one to like actually be receiving the, like be fully in, um, delved into the, the process. How many therapists do you have right now? Do I have, I have one therapist. You have one therapist? Yeah. Do you know that there's multiple different kinds of therapists? Yeah, I know that. That all do different types of stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I want, I, they look, I look at them, I like Pokeball. I want to collect them all. All the therapists. <laughs> like, like, let me get all the therapists. Hello, all the, all the help. Okay. Um, no, because like, I, so I have several therapists and they all, like, for some reason, their name all start with J. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they all have perfect teeth. And I'm just like, they better, bitch. Therapists okay, make money. Bro. I'm like, y'all are making money. Yeah, they better. I better get on that dental plan. Hello. <clears throat> okay. And so, um, you know, they, <laughs> it, Jesse, we look at Miss Jesse. She is my mirror, right? I mm-hmm. use her as my mirror. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love her. She's amazing. I I look at her as my reflection. How can I see myself outside of myself and mm-hmm. do better, be more actualized, you know, and, um, you know, grounded? Yeah. And then how do I move forward? How do I attack the the goals and the plans that I have? And, you know, what, you know, what's the best approach for my stability and that, you know? So, you know, my job is really high stress. So mm-hmm. I take, I take 15 minutes of uh, girl. I, I, I plan out my therapies. <laughs> we have a rundown, yeah. you know, I have 15 minutes for this, five minutes for that. Like, yeah. you know, so I only got 55 minutes with her. She cost me a lot of money. So I'm going to utilize it. Okay. Definitely. So, you know, we get in work, we get in like my personal passionate endeavors. Mm-hmm. So what do you talk about with your therapist? My, my current therapist, I talk about um, uh, like my anxiety, um, I guess my um, relationships. So like definitely like my current therapist who I've had for probably over a year now, we've talked about a lot about boundaries with people, uh, um, red flags. Ooh, um, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like seeing the red flags. Um, yeah. Cause I, so for y'all, I don't, don't know. I ended a, really, a relationship in the beginning of the pandemic in March and we were together about six months. But yeah, so like definitely working through that, you know, figuring out how to not get into a relationship like that ever again. Um, yeah, so definitely how to get what how to, how not, to have like a healthy relationship. Yes, how to have a ha- healthy relationship, uh-huh. and also just like feel like just figuring out what I really want out of a relationship. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because for me, I feel like 
specifically with my last relationship, we, we both, I think we ended up realizing that we wanted two different things. Like I wanted to be like be monogamous, but also like mm. play with other people, um, you know, and I ended up that he didn't really want to do that just trying to better my communication skills with people mm-hmm. and you know and also but, but just when i see the red flags don't don't just sit there you know just be mm-hmm. like i i see this okay i'm continuing to see this i need i need to get out of this it's not i gonna- think you know i think one thing that my therapist helped me realize and some of that is i really had to define like my wants and needs mm-hmm. because how how in the world could I have expectations for someone Mm. if, you know, I don't even, you know, or expect something if I can't communicate those. Hello. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think relationships are regardless if they're physical or just, um, you know, casual or just regular everyday relationships. I think that's one of the benefits of therapy is that, you know, you can talk about anything. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean with relationships. I'm not talking about just like, um, a, you know, a partner, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, mm-hmm. whatever. Like I'm talking about like friendships. Friendships and all of that. And having boundaries. I think a lot of people um, substitute uh, friendships for therapy. And that's not really fair to either people in the friendship exactly. or relationship. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think... Um, the, be- the best thing I've learned um, what, at this moment, the, one of the be- things I'm learning is to to love people from afar. Mm. Like, you know, it's good to like, I have friends and I love them, but I realize that it's not healthy. Mm. So it's better to, I love you, but I'm going to love you from afar away. Girl. So I um, think that that is one I of the best, have- yeah. I live in that reality. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I moved very far several times, you know, just because things uh, you know, sometimes uh you know, the people around us and even our uh, our own abilities to just kind of fall into things, you know, and habits and circumstances. I love chaos. So <laughs> I I you know, I'm addicted to it. So I yeah. have to purposefully live without chaos, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and find peace and joy and simpl- simplicity, you know. Uh, so because I, you know, I can easily create chaos like that. Mm-hmm. But I want, you know, I want my life to be simple and, and peaceful. That's amazing. And I think it takes... Going to therapy, a lot of therapy, a lot of therapy to realize that therapy to be even be able to say that to you. Yeah. (laughs) How long have you been? How long have you been going to therapy? I mean, so I think I went to my first therapist. I think I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade. Okay. And um, you know, I should have been in therapy from day one, honey, because (laughs) bitch, she got issues. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, you know, the, my first therapist, I remember her so much. She looked like a hobbit. <laughs> her name was Alice, Dr. Alice. And um, she was amazing. I don't really remember much. 
you know, I went because, um, you know, my relationship with my father was strange and people were really, you know, mean to me in school. Mm-hmm. I got bullied and beat up or attempted to get beat up. Mm-hmm. And then, my, you know, me and my people would come through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not a little, a little individual, you know. Yeah. I'm a very uh, substantial, uh, sub- of a substantial size. <laughs> I can just imagine little 10-year-old, 11-year-old Tara. You know, my people are this, are big like me too. So, <laughs> you know, my brothers are not small individuals mm-hmm. either. And so, you know, we uh, uh, we came through. <laughs> when we had to come, we showed up when we had to come show up, you know. I love that. But... Um, you know, I mean, I think she helped me kind of be able to understand that I needed to learn how to communicate with people. But there was so much about my life in Texas that I could not communicate with people, mm-hmm. you know, the, especially a lot of the people around me, just because, you know, <laughs> most of my life is was not acceptable to anybody that I was you know, surrounded by. So I I left and it was it was good for me. I was able to discover the things that I wanted to do and the places I wanted to be. That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. So I guess I think we talked about it, but what is the best thing you've learned from therapy? Just really just how to be authentic. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I Honestly, the I've always kind of had this approach, but really therapy has solidified it even more. Is that like I don't give a fuck what people think about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I you, you know, I just don't care. Yeah. You know, and um people can and and it just affects it affects me better to not, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the, when I really start to, uh, kind of focus on things that are introspective to me, then that's, that's really where I can be altruistic and really be who I am. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy. Like, Cause it, like it, and it's taken you like these many years to like realize that. And people have to yeah. realize like, I mean, therapy 20, is work. I'm 23, honey. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll say on Grinder, she is 23. <laughs> you know, I actually, I'm really fortunate because I've, you know, I feel like I have lost a lot of the life that I used to live, which is really for the better for everybody. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I still continue to push myself in those same ways because of the, you know, the help that I have. I have a team of um so today I was actually working on all my medical stuff and I have a team of eight, nine doctors now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's great. They, they all work together. My therapists work with, you know, all the specialists mm-hmm. and everybody talks and they all, you know, push me in the same direction. And I'm fortunate that I can have that in my life now. And I urge everybody to get the education that they need to get the jobs that they need to get the the medical care that they need. Definitely. Yeah. And it, I mean, you saying that, I mean, it sucks that, you know, a lot like the, 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 the healthcare system that we have 
is based on employment. That's it. And but that's know, a whole other conversation. I mean, it, but it's the same, t- it's the same topic. It's yeah. not even it's another the same topic. topic. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And you've got to, you've got to get the education yeah. to get the jobs. Yeah. It's, uh, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. So, yeah. So like going to that, like, I definitely think one therapy is, is work. It's definitely a process. It, it's and definitely when I talk to people that aren't in therapy, that a lot of their, um, what grievance, not grievances, but their hesitation is one finding the right therapist. And I think honestly it's putting in the work to one find therapist. Um, well, or- I'm always really surprised when I hear that people um, who like seem to be struggling and stressed out or complaining on social media, mm-hmm. you know, about their circumstances or life. And I talk to them and they don't have, or they have health insurance. And I ask them, well, do you go to therapy? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, what, why not? Well, well, I am shocked. People that bitch on social media and Facebook constantly don't have therapists. I am just shocked, Tara Newhall. I, you know, it, it drives me absolutely nuts. They're like, well, I don't have the money. And I'm like, but I just saw you at the bar last night. Like, uh, to, you know, you threw out $35 at least at once to the bar, you know, or to the, you know, what I, that's, I'm just like, what are your priorities? You're bitching all day about this, but I just saw you spend $35. That's that's next week therapy session. You know what I mean? And I think that's it. And I think that's the thing is it's about priorities and is it, and it's like, if you really want therapy, if you really want, if you really want to get better, you will figure it out. Cause and I'm not, and I'm, just, I'm not trying to say it's easy to find a therapist. It's not easy, Mm-mm. but no, it is. It is. Ab- uh, I take that back. Cause it is absolutely easy. You can go to a uh, patient first right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Or whatever, you know, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. your insurance is, yeah. talk to your doctor, spend your $10 copay or whatever it is yeah. and say, I need to go talk to somebody, get the referral. You go to that doctor, you talk to her, you know what I mean? She'll yeah. give you a list of five people. There is an every single online resource available for you to go. How can I get therapy today? Right. Yes. I'm, so <laughs> I, that's it. It's, it's, it's hard to find the right therapist. But to find a therapist in general, yes, there are a whole bunch of resources to find a You therapist. are not going to find the right one until you look for one yes. period. There we go. And th- th- that's what we're saying is that it starts with looking. It starts with going to find a therapist. So that's, that's all the work is, is, is finding a therapist. And then once you have one, you know, I'm not saying it'll be perfect, but it's, it's, it's a journey and it's work. So here's how I found my lady because I was uh, I was like wandering in the world alone on tour for many years before I found this woman, right? Mm-hmm. And um, something at work had happened to me, and they my job has a staff resource, right? And so I went and talked to, you know, this HR staff therapy resource called um, FASAP, or I think they call it my, my health now or something like that. Anyways. So, you know, most corporations and jobs and institutions do have this in place. Um, It's a, you know, family and staff or faculty resource. um, And you can go and talk to them and let them know what's going on in your life. 
you know, whether you're having financial issues or family troubles or, you know, uh, job issues or discrimination issues or community issues or whatever. And they mm -hmm. can tell you some resources that are available for you, you know, immediate financial resources, there's all kinds of food resources, there's all kinds of stuff available, you know, depending on where you're at. Um, but uh, she gave me a list of, you know, um, queer trans health, you know, positive people. And she told me about one lady that she had worked with uh, in a residency somewhere. And, uh, you know, I hit her up and she was like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be taking new patients for the next like three years or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, God. Um, and she said, but I have a friend that I also, uh, you know, was a resident with, you know, at the same, with that other lady and you mm -hmm. might like her. And I, you know, um, and so I went and talked to her and she said, yeah, I have a six month waiting list, but you know, you can continue to use your, your job resource for now, um, until I can get you in. And I said, okay, that'll work. And, you know, the job resource said, yeah, we'll do that. And once I started talking to her, I had a weekly and now I throw on um, an extra, you know, appointment every now and again, if I want to talk to her, she's helped me get a new primary care uh, physician that has changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, and they have all worked together to really help me tackle all of my health issues. That's amazing. Yep. So awesome. it's very important to try to just reach out to somebody. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred percent. Yes. I, I think, yeah, what we're all saying is that starts with just reaching out and doing the research and finding and going to find someone. And there are a lot of, you know, if, especially right now during the pandemic, there are a lot of uh, virtual therapy, a lot of stuff you can, you can call, you can text, mm -hmm. you can video chat a therapist. Um, there's sliding scale therapy. If you have insurance, there's that. But yes, there are a lot of resources and ways um, to, to find accessible therapy. Mm -hmm. Well, as your mama and your friend therapist, um, I, I really have a very pressing question for you. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite um, uh, OnlyFans channel right now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, y'all, this was on the outline, so <laughs> way to segue into this. So my favorite OnlyFans, I do subscribe to OnlyFans because we love sex workers in this house. We so, do indeed. Yes, and we love supporting um, entrepreneurs. You know, that's uh, that was one of your mama's early career, uh, career uh, paths. It's on her resume, honey. She had multi-billion views, girl. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what, 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 what is the name of that video for people? That um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't benefit from that video. The first video was a leak that one of my friends posted as a joke. And uh, it went viral in the like way early days. It's, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, my dad called me up and was like, why did I just see you sucking dick on the internet? I'm just like, why are you watching? <laughs> why is he? Whoa! Why is he watching that? This is, uh, the, you know, that's we. I don't want to know. This is a whole, y'all. I I said again, <laughs> we could have three, four episodes with this Tara because that is a whole episode in itself. 
You know, I did look up that video the other day. And uh, also, but we're going to say, wait, this is why you're in therapy. So look, look at that. Very that, very that. Um, but yeah, so going back, my favorite OnlyFans account of this moment is um, Annie B. Frank. She is a drag queen in Rhode Island, I believe. Yeah, Rhode Island. I met her a few years ago at, um, at Bushwig. Okay. And she's a, a very kind individual. Yeah, so I like her OnlyFans. One, because obviously she's attractive and she's hot to me. But two, she's very hairy. Very hairy. Very hairy individual. Um, but also the way she promotes it and the way she's hustling it, um, yeah. I'm very impressed. Like I, I love a hustler. I love someone that's um, whatever they're doing, they're passionate about. And she's been putting in the work to promote her OnlyFans like a motherfucker. So uh-huh. that in itself, I have to give claps to. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Are you subscribed to anyone's OnlyFans? No, I I had to unsubscribe everybody that I was bored. <laughs> y'all are not giving me into entertainment, honey. Can I just say that 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 part, like y'all? First of all, when, when y'all make OnlyFans, it is for exclusive content. Don't put the shit you put it on your Twitter and your Instagram onto your OnlyFans. And, Look, and if, y'all charge, need some, if y'all need some creative direction or production assistance hello. or uh, whatever, baby, y'all, my inbox is open. I, uh, <laughs> your first three hours are free. Yes. Miss um, Tara Newell, Jesus, Jesus, the only OnlyFans consultant <laughs> in Baltimore, Maryland. Yes, I will ma'am. make it happen. Trust and believe. I'll turn. I'll turn you out, me. <laughs> my goal is a minimum of seven hundred subscribers. But can we talk about why is everyone in the top ten percent of OnlyFans? That like everyone's the little thing. Oh, I'm the top. I'm like, girl. How is everyone know. in the top? I, honestly, I don't even check out OnlyFans. Wow. It's, a wa- it's a waste of my time. I'm like, y'all giving it out for free. Y- y'all know y'all give it out for free <laughs> anyway, bitch. So why I'm going to pay? Why I'm going to pay? Especially these little boys in the, uh, that are just on there, just to be on there. <laughs> Baby. Now, a- a- pandemic came along and everybody want to be, you know, it's like when the cell phone came out, everyone was a photographer. Mm-hmm. Now uh, now that OnlyFans came out, everybody's a sex worker. Everyone's a sex worker. You know, my part-time job is sex worker. But they, but they don't, but they don't want to put it. It's crazy though, like, because people are like, oh. Put it on your resume. I want to see it on your resume. <laughs> Hello. But it's so funny. It's like people are like, you know, like, uh, you know, years ago, people were like, oh, like, uh, I'm this close to becoming a stripper. I'm this close to becoming a da 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 da. But now it's the time when y'all actually gonna become a sex worker, and y'all don't, y'all don't want to put in the work. If y'all want to have, if y'all want to have OnlyFans, I want some quality content, especially if you're charging over ten dollars. Especially, we already followed you on on Instagram and Facebook, and we saw that all you did yesterday was eat a grilled cheese <laughs> and walk your dog. Okay, Hello. and went on a hike. You know, those are three perfect opportunities. For yes, content, I'll exactly. give y'all that for free. America, make a grilled cheese only fan, make a walk your dog only fans, and make a we going on a hike only fans, bitch. And that's I'll subscribe. See, this is the this is the advice you can get if you um pay Miss Tara to to help creatively direct your only fans, <laughs> and that was free, y'all. <laughs> that's the free content. <laughs> So now we're, we're going to wrap up the show, and I'm going to I end every show with a little pop culture corner. 
So, Miss Tara, what is, uh, at this very moment, what is a favorite movie, a favorite song, and a favorite TV show you were enjoying at this moment? Well, you know, I'm not very uh, cultured in, in what's popular, but uh, I don't... I don't have a specific favorite movie. I have a specific genre that I'm ju- I'm jumping on. Two genres that I'm jumping on right now. Okay, and that is. And we go for really weird, bizarre documentaries, mm-hmm. uh, or um, I'm really into like African cinema. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Um, speaking of weird documentaries, I just watched a really weird one last week. Tickled. Yeah, that's a. I've seen that. It's interesting. Yeah. So y'all. Don't know. So that guy in New York is very. I'm like very. Uh, so have you seen other stuff in, about the tickle culture? No, I haven't. So like, apparently there. So so here's some pop culture trivia for tickling <laughs> for you because I'm an encyclopedia of everything, bitch. <laughs> so basically, uh, there's this dude going on in New York City that he was just this rich, uh, he in, in, like inherited all this money and whatnot. And basically, this fool uh, really liked being tickled. And so, homeboy set up all these fake, like, dummy websites about tickling. And he, like, posed to be, like, a bunch of different women yeah. and, and created these, all this stuff. And you know what? Um, that dude is scary and he is crazy because he does fucked up all them people's lives. And he created different businesses, like different businesses. like like actual businesses. Like so, like, w- like when he got caught the first time, he he built a whole nother business, but like a very like like very structural business, like with different like employees and shit, just for tickling. And they didn't even know his employees didn't even know him. Exactly. It's it's wild. Yeah, so I um definitely urge everyone to watch Tickled. It's on Hulu. Um yeah, this is not a sponsored ad, but um, <laughs> No, it's not, but it was very interesting. And um, you know, I did a lot of research afterwards because there's, you know, because I I love like uh fetish and kink information Mm -hmm. and i back in the day i really used to like watching like real sex and uh we actually me and statue still uh play it down here just uh, when people are over just because it's weird Mm -hmm. but um you know it's uh it's interesting and the tickle culture there's like a whole he created that guy created an entire worldwide culture just based off of his kink it's yeah it's it is wild, but it's yeah. very interesting. So I would, um, I would urge everyone to watch that movie. Um, yeah, so, um, so TV show and song that you are feeling at this moment. TV show. Um, ooh, I just, I just binge watched uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Okay. And um, song. I'm really... Uh, feeling India Ari at the moment. I love India. See, this is why me and Tara are mother and daughter because we have very similar tastes in music, and I yeah. love India Ari. See, I very much like at different times, like in emotions and uh, states that I'm in. I I like attract two different artists or whatnot, mm-hmm. and I I really feel her 
and her soul, honey. Yeah. No, actually, literally, I got a tattoo based on uh, one of her songs, um, I Am Light. Oh, we love that. Brand. Yeah, that, that is one of her songs. I love Indiari. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. She's a very beautiful individual. Yes. But yeah, so the, the TV show that I am um, watching at this moment is, oh, The, the Undoing on HBO. Mm, what does that tell me about it? It is another uh, mini series on HBO about um, white, a white a housewife in, in some drama. Mm, see, yeah. I can't do it anymore. I can't. <laughs> wa- I cannot stand another motherfucking white motherfucking drama, something or another, or gay this and that or another. I am so fed up. I just like every single time. I'm just like next. But, but that's what Hollywood has come to. It's Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman just making all these white women dramas, and these networks are, are just eating it up. Just like, ugh. So, yeah, I'm really only into, like, kind of trans uh, or Black queer or Black perspective yes. or brown perspective, just uh, immigrant there. I just watched a, a movie recently called... Um, what is it? I think it was called uh, Lingua Franca. Lingua Franca, maybe. I think that's it. It's on Hulu. Okay. Um, maybe. Let me check it out real quick. Uh, but it's about a um, like an immigrant person of color who is trans mm-hmm. feminine. And she... Um, you know, it's just from her perspective, and I've and it's not, yeah, it's lingua franca, franca, and it is on. Um, oh, no, it's not. A, I'm sorry, I'll have to let you know, but it's a really good one. It's all good. We have come to the end of the podcast, and actually, this is shorter than I thought it would be. So. I'm proud how long of us. did we? How long did we make it, Haley? Probably like an hour, but that's sh- shorter than I thought we would. You know, we did all right. We did all right. We so. did it all right, girl. So, where can the people find you? Um, nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? I mean, for real. Right now, I'm taking a break for social media. So. You know, I have a little, I still have my Instagram, uh, but I don't really, I'm not really going to post unless I like make new content and whatnot, which you, I'm you focused on. You post a on. picture a year. You know, that's on my boy page. <laughs> uh, I post a picture a year there and I haven't posted on Instagram in a while. I'm like, I'm refocusing right now, you know. Um, I'm taking some time for me and, uh, that's the greatest thing that I've gotten from this pandemic. Amen. You know, that's a, it's a sad situation that that's where we're at, but yeah. you know what? I, it's caused me to not have to hustle quite as hard. And for somebody that's been grinding for 30 years, you know, I'm chilling. That I, I mean, obviously I haven't been around as long as you have but i relate to that because definitely like before the pandemic we were both hustling you know gig 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 work 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 so this is definitely you know made me realize what i actually want to do you know this is the first time i've had like two weeks off from anything Mm -hmm. uh and uh 
my entire life <laughs> in 38 years. And it's, it's nice. You know, I've been, I've been grinding and hustling and working hard since, you know, the year 2003 and I'm, you know, I'm here. Hello. We are here. So that is perfect to end this. I'm Brian Sinclair. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it at Pariah Sinclair. You can go to my website, Pariah Sinclair, for the gigs and for what I'm doing. That's the show. Thank y'all for watching or listening. Thank y'all for listening to this shit show. Thank you. Bye.